Chapter Five of the Feast of Saint Friend by Arnold Bennett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: Defence of Feasting. And now I can hear the superior sceptic disdainfully questioning. Yes, but what about the orgy of Christmas? What about all the eating and drinking? To which I can only answer that faith causes effervescence, expansion, joy, and that joy has always, for excellent reasons, been connected with feasting. The very words feast and festival are etymologically inseparable. The meal is the most regular and the least dispensable of daily events. It happens also to be an event which is in itself almost invariably a source of pleasure or at worst of satisfaction and it will continue to have this precious quality so long as our souls are encased in bodies what could be more natural therefore than that it should be employed with due enlargement and ornamentation as the kernel of the festival what more logical than that the meal should be elevated into a feast but exclaims the superior sceptic this idea involves the idea of excess what if it does i would not deny it assuredly a feast means more than enough and more than enough means excess it is only because a feast means excess that it assists in the bringing about of expansion and joy such is human nature and it is the case of human nature that we are discussing of course excess usually exacts its toll within twenty-four hours especially from the weak but the benefit is worth its price the body pays no more than the debt which the soul has incurred an occasional change of habit is essential to well-being and every change of habit results in temporary derangement and inconvenience do not misunderstand me do not push my notion of excess to extremes when i defend the excess inevitably incident to a feast i am not seeking to prove that a man in celebrating christmas is entitled to drink champagne in a public restaurant until he becomes an object of scorn and disgust to the waiters who have travelled from switzerland in order to receive his tips much less should i be prepared to justify him if in his own home he sank lower than the hog nor would i sympathetically carry him to bed there is such a thing as excess in moderation and dignity every wise man has practised this and he who has not practised it is a fool and deserves even a harder name he ought indeed to inhabit a planet himself for all his faith in humanity will be exhausted in believing in himself so much for the feast but the accompaniments of the feast are also excessive for example you make a tug-of-war with your neighbour at table and the rope is a fragile packet of tinselled paper which breaks with a report like a pistol you open your half of the packet and discover some doggerel verse which you read aloud and also a perfectly idiotic coloured cap which you put on your head to the end of looking foolish 
and this ceremony is continued until the whole table is surrounded by preposterous headgear and doggerel verses lying by every plate surely no man in his senses no woman in hers would etc etc but one of the spiritual advantages of feasting is that it expands you beyond your common sense one excess induces another and a finer one this acceptance of the ridiculous is good for you it is particularly good for an anglo-saxon who is so self-contained and self-controlled that his soul might stiffen as the unused limb of an indian fakir stiffens were it not for periodical excitements like that of the christmas feast everybody has experienced the self-conscious reluctance which precedes the putting on of the cap and the relief followed by further expansion and ecstasy which ensues after the putting on everybody who has put on a cap is aware that it is a beneficial thing to put on a cap quite apart from the fact that the mysterious and fanciful race of children are thereby placated and appeased the soul of the capped one is purified by this charming excess and the tree what an excess of the fantastic to pretend that all those glittering balls those coloured candles and those variegated parcels are the blossoms of the absurd tree how excessively grotesque to tie all those parcels to the branches in order to take them off again surely something less medieval more ingenious more modern than this could be devised if symbolism is to be indulged in at all can you devise it o sceptical one revelling in disillusion can you invent a symbol more natural and graceful than the symbol of the tree perhaps you would have a shop counter and shelves behind it so as to instill early into the youthful mind that this is a planet of commerce perhaps you would abolish the doggerel of crackers and substitute therefore extracts from the autobiography of benjamin franklin perhaps you would exchange the caps for blazonry embroidered with chemical formula your object being the advancement of science perhaps you would do away with the orgiastic eating and drinking and arrange for a formal conversation about astronomy and the idea of human fraternity upon strictly reasonable rations of shredded wheat you would thus create an original festival and eliminate all fear of a dyspeptic morrow you would improve the mind and you would avoid the ridiculous but also in avoiding the ridiculous you would tumble into the ridiculous deeply and hopelessly and think how your very original festival would delight the participators how they would look forward to it with joy and back upon it with pleasurable regret how their minds would dwell sweetly upon the conception of shredded wheat and how their faith would be encouraged and strengthened by the intellectuality of the formal conversation 
he who girds at an ancient established festival should reflect upon sundry obvious truths before he withers up the said festival by the sirocco of his contempt these truths are as follows first a festival though based upon intelligence is not an affair of the intellect but an affair of the emotions second the human soul can only be reached through the human body third it is impossible to replace an ancient festival by a new one robespierre amongst others tried to do so and achieved the absurd reformers heralds of new faiths and rejuvenators of old faiths have always when they succeeded adopted an ancient festival with all or most of its forms and been content to breathe into it a new spirit to replace the old spirit which had vanished or was vanishing anybody who persuaded that christmas is not what it was feels that a festival must nevertheless be preserved will do well to follow this example to be content with the old forms and to vitalize them that is the problem solve it and the forms will soon begin to adapt themselves to the process of vitalization all history is a witness in proof end of chapter five